Well, good morning and welcome once again. Glad to have you here. And uh, let's see, we've been uh, talking about quite a few things and all with a common, common thread. We've uh, been talking about the word purpose. And uh, we've talked about how we as human beings, how we look at different things, how we look at church, how we look at the Word of God. And so many times that we try to mold God, we try to mold what He wants into what we want. We have our need, our want, our desire, our image, another thing we talked about. And we try to make everything that God has laid out fit that image. And the reason we do that is, is because we all have God etched on our hearts. He has put his law there. He, we are made in his image. So whether we want to believe or not, we are sons and daughters of God. We are created by him. He is our heavenly father. So we have that underlying desire to seek his approval. But we are at war. We also fight against the flesh, which is sinful and wants to do its own thing. So we're constantly in that battle. And we're at a disadvantage because the flesh is fueled by the world. And we are constantly bombarded with things of the world, the information that we get. And we do very little for the other side, for God's side, because we do not know what his word says. We do not study his word. We do not pray. We do not have faith. We do not believe. So the, the dark side has a strong advantage. The flesh has a strong advantage. Satan has a strong advantage. Let's just stop right there and uh, have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to get into your word. We just thank you for the privilege to be able to hear it, Father. We ask to open our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive it, Lord. Just take myself, my opinion out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, I titled today's message, The Root of the Problem. And uh, let's get start with a little scripture here just to get us started, kind of set the tone a little bit. And that's going to come from uh, Matthew 22. It's just a couple pages down from where we were last week. Matthew 22 in verse 34. When the Pharisees had heard that he had put Socrates to silence, and when they had gathered together, one of them, which was a lawyer, had asked a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love thy Lord God with all thy heart. And with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is until thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and all the prophets. Sounds simple, right? Now let me ask you something. Is it easier to follow a rule to follow a law to follow instruction if it makes sense you know we've been going through this this pandemic now and there've been all kinds of rules and regulations and different things and there've been division all the way through it all the way down the middle and the reason that is, is because 
not everything makes sense. We don't have all the information and all the information doesn't add up. So anytime there is doubt, we can't be fully committed. You know, are you going to start a, a weight loss program that you don't know if it's going to work or not? There's a lot of effort that's been put into that. If they say results may vary, may not work at all, are you really going to go through all that effort? We like to know things are going to work. We like to know the facts behind it. You know, if we see a, a, a fan turning and there's sharp blades and it says, caution, do not touch. You know, if you uh, look around your lawnmower, you'll see there, there where the blades are. It'll say, have little pictures, warning signs, showing pictures of your hands being in danger if you were to touch that rotating blade. And I don't think that there's any person here today listening to me that would question that because we're rather attached to all of our body parts and we would not take the risk to stick our fingers where there's a moving blade. And we can get behind that logic because at some point in time, we've seen the aftermath of what a high-speed rotating metal object could do to the flesh. We understand the principles of what would happen. There is no question about it. There is an imminent danger. So we are going to follow that rule. See the difference here. There's a lot of controversy and debate about what should be taught from the pulpit. We're certain, certain teachers, pastors, preachers that believe that we only need to stick to the core. We only need to worry about salvation. Well, I believe that if we were only going to be concerned about salvation, then that's the only thing we'd have in the Word of God. But God has given us so much. He's given us instructions for everything. We need to learn it all. We need to study it all. It's all important. God took the time to compile it and to put it down and to present it to us. Jesus went through and he taught and he taught and he taught. He had all these parables and teachings and all, all these different things. Because it's all part of a big picture. God has given us all of these things. So we can have an abundant life. We can have a quality of life. We can further his kingdom here on earth. We are to become purposeful, driven beings. And it comes from the word of God. We can't do that if we isolate and just pick and choose. Now, uh, a few episodes back, we kind of jumped on Christians a little bit. And we need to stay with that process because we are doing things. We are the example. We are the bar that has been set. And we need to be quality representations of the kingdom of God, of Jesus Christ. And we have to be good examples. But so many times 
we have an attitude of do this because I said so. We have a, a look at me here. I'm here. I'm already before you. I'm standing in this church. You're coming in as new. So you need to do as I do. Do as I say. But remember, we do not do well if we do not know the facts. We do not know, do well if we do not know why. And that's where we fail so many times is we have all these things we're wanting people to do. Well, come in, come join, come part, come join this committee, come do this, come do that. But know why. Know why. We need to be educated. And furthermore, so many times... We're trying to get people to do things our way, and it's what we've built in our image. What our image of what religion is, of our image of what God wants for us, of our image of what a church should be, our image of how you should act and dress and behave. And the problem lies is when we do it in our image instead of God's image, we have a crummy foundation that's not going to work God wants us to follow him not man man is corrupt man is fallen man is sinful the only thing that we have is pure the only thing we have that is truth is Jesus is the word of God this is what we have to seek this is what we have to model and pattern our lives after. Not man's idea. Many times, I've told you, we have to be able to articulate what we believe. See how these things keep coming together. You can't just simply say, this is how you should do and act and so on and so forth if you can't articulate why that is. Going back to our text. Thou shalt love thy Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. That is a big commitment. That's a lot of love. That's a total devotion. And see, we get out there in the world, and we tell people, well, you've got to love Jesus. You've got to accept Jesus. You've got to be part of this. But we don't tell them why. Many people do not know who Jesus is. So we can't start out by telling them to love him without telling them who he is. Let me give you an example. You know, we go through many things in life and uh, we don't understand why we do. But, you know, later on down the, the road, sometimes we can take these things and we can use it for examples. We can share it with others. So, 
I always try to make it a goal of mine, a personal goal, to be able to use everything that I've encountered in life that God has blessed me with or seen me through. Because God is there with us every step of the way. The root of the problem. There was one evening I was sitting there watching TV and I felt a pain in my side. I had a, a high fever. I was not doing very well at all. Now, what do we do when we encounter something? Our complex mind. We go back to what we have encountered before, what we've seen, what we seem to believe to be truth. So in my mind, it start, I start computing the symptoms. Well, I have isolated pain to a certain area. I have a fever. Oh, it must be a kidney stone because I've had those before. That's a thing I've lived with. That's a thing I've done. Um, it very well could be the thing. But yet, deep down, I know I've never had a fever that high before with a, a kidney stone. And the pain was just a little bit different. But we try to deduce. So... We, uh, we take some medicine to alleviate the symptoms. And then what we have on hand, when that doesn't work, then we have to go and see a doctor. So we go and see a doctor, and we go to our, our general doctor. You know, we always have things we have to narrow down in life to get some direction. Because everything is so broad. So we might walk into a, an emergency room, and what they do is they have, have a triage. So they assess you right off the bat. They say, okay, well, is your problem, is it life-threatening? Does it need to be handled right at this moment, or can it wait a few minutes? Are there more pressing people ahead of you? Is this something that we can handle here, or do we need to send you someplace else? Or is it something that you can see at your regular doctor? We have to go through this process. And uh, so I went to my, my regular doctor, and they have to do evaluations on you. They're going to do. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions. You know, how severe is the pain? Where is it located? They're going to do some simple diagnostics. They're going to take your temperature. They're going to take your blood pressure. They're going to take your pulse ox. These different things to get a, a baseline. To isolate where the problem might lie. Because, see, we have to start narrowing things down to be able to even know how to treat. Because, you know, uh, many things can be treated with, with antibiotics. But you have to have the right kind of antibiotic to target the right area. If you have a, a urinary tract problem, that takes one kind of antibiotic. If you have a respiratory problem, that takes a different kind of antibiotic because these certain antibiotics work better for certain things. So they have to isolate. And sometimes your problem is out of the scope of general practice. So we have to go see a professionalist, professional in the field. And, uh, that's where I wound up at. And they gave me medication. That helped me to feel better. But what it did was it just dulled the symptoms. It didn't fix the problem. 
we have to get to the root of the problem. And that's where we're at with our, our spiritual walk. The problem is not that people don't know Jesus. The problem is they don't know who he is. They don't know what he can do. They don't know why he came and what he has done for us. The problem in the world is not global warming. It's not a virus. Even further down, as we start to dissect more and more, and we start diving and do more diagnostics, it's not a, a moral decline. It's not more tolerance of sinful things. It's not more lack. It's not more falling. It's not more change. The root of the problem is a lack of God. That is the base. Had to go see a specialist. And they've they seen that the, the medicine helps so we can start to narrow down onto the field. And of course we have to do more tests. More tests. Get more and more information. That is what we're doing every time that we get into the Word of God. We are getting more and more information. Now, if we go to a doctor, which one do we want? Do we want one that's been doing it for a while? Or we do want one that's fresh out of medical school? Do you want to be patient number one? Or do you want to be patient 5,026? Because 5,026 has 5,025 people that's already been ahead of you, that that person has gained experience in treating, possibly seen similarities in their cases and your cases. Versus being patient number one, where the only thing that that doctor has to rely on is what he's read in books. There hasn't been that hands-on. There hasn't been that case-by-case. Case. You know, kind of like us when we go through life and we come through these things called trials, tests, these bad things that happen in life that God allows us to go through, that when we come through the other side, we are changed just a little bit because we've gained experience. We've gained knowledge. We've gained conviction. So when we go through the next one, we can take those things that we've already built up that we have carrying with us and we use them to move forward and to be able to get to that next hurdle. We have the, the Word of God. This is information. And it's more than just reading and studying. It's all coming together with all the parts. It's taking the things that we learned in our trials. It's taking faith. 
You know, we can read this book. We can read the Word of God. We can know every single thing it says. We can be able to pull every scripture from memory. We can wield it like a weapon to anyone that tries to come against us. But the thing is, without having faith, without believing that God is real, that God keeps His promise, that God has the power, that God is going to do these things for us, all that information is not any good. There's people out there that have studied this word, that know it better than some of the best Christians going. But the thing is, they are not believers. And their sole purpose is, is to be able to make us, the believers, look like fools. Be able to take what we are supposed to know and use it against us because we don't know. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Eventually, they, they pinpointed the problem. And the only way to eliminate the problem was to cut it out. They had to go in there and cut out the section, get rid of the infection, get rid of it, wash it out, and put everything back together again. Had to get it at the source. We are looking at all the things that we face today in the world and we're trying to find a solution for it. But the thing is, we're looking at all these individual symptoms. And yes, we can treat symptoms, but it's like putting a, a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. It might slow the bleeding but it's not going to stop it. It's not going to heal. It's not going to be fixed until we get to the source of the problem. We're dumping millions into climate change and infrastructures and vaccinations. And our churches stand empty. Still today, there are doors that are closed. And we're trying to rely on other means. We all know from personal experience that any time that we get away from something, it's easier and easier to stay away from it. Every time we sin, it's easier and easier to sin. We want to cheat on our diet. Well, it's just one cookie. And then the next day, well, it's just one cookie. And then it's just two cookies. And then it's just one bag of cookies. And pretty soon, any progress that we made, we've taken away. We miss 
one day at church, we feel bad about it. We miss a couple. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. And now when we are so busy as individuals, sometimes it feels like every moment that we have is accounted for and there's still not enough hours in a day. So what happens is whenever we take something away, something else just fills its place. Anytime you end something, you stop something, it's hard to get started back. Right here, we cut programs because we had to. We didn't want to have issue with the community. We didn't want to look like we were doing our part. We didn't want to have issues. We wanted to be able to survive. Now, the church doors always stayed open, and everyone was always welcome. We cut some of our our close-quartered programs. And we can't start them back. We don't have the people now. We don't have the funds. We don't have the time. We take something away, we have to work harder in other areas to be able to make up for that deficit. And that is what Satan is doing. He is chipping away at us. He is stealing our time. He's getting more and more creative with what he does. You know, before, he could just dangle something interesting in front of you, something that looked more fun, better. And then we go and do it. How many of us have spent a Sunday on the beach on the boat, on the golf course, fishing, watching sports or, or racing when we uh, should have been in church, should have been in the Word, should have been praising God. And we enjoy it so much. We know that church can be challenging. We got to sit there and we got to get there on time and we got to listen to sometimes a, a person that's got lackluster in entertainment value. We got to listen to subjects that sometimes are going to cause us to feel bad about ourselves because we're not living the right kind of lives. We got to feel conviction and condemnation. We got to battle with the children that don't want to go because they're bored and it's not all that much fun for them. We got to sometimes be around people we don't want to be around because of the way they act and what they do. We got to reach in our pockets and throw down some, some money for some ties as the offering plate goes by and we could much rather do something else with it. We feel like we're just being told do this, do this, do this. And I feel like God is overbearing. Everything's overbearing. It could be so much pressure that a, a day on the lake seems so much more relaxing. 
so much more fun. And here lies the, the root of the problem. If we look at serving God as a chore, then that is what it will become. If we look at going to church as a task, that is what it will become. And it's all a mindset. You ever uh, went to a gym, started working out? Well, it's challenging. Especially if you have to carve out the time for it. If you have to maybe get up early. You know, you have to actually go and drive there. And then you have to, to work out. And, you know, that's hard. You're going to run on a treadmill. You're going to lift heavy objects. You're going to sweat. You're going to be out of shape to start off with. It's going to be challenging. But what happens is, if you stick to it, if you have that dedication, you'll eventually start feeling, feeling some change. You'll start to feel better about the whole process because you're going to start feeling better health-wise. Your body's going to get stronger. The soreness is going to leave. You're going to start seeing the results. You're going to see muscle definition. You're going to see weight loss. But you know, you're still doing the same thing. You're still having to carve out the time. You're still having to make that effort. You're still having to go lift the heavy objects and run the miles and do all the things. You're still going to get sweaty. You're doing the same thing. The only thing that's changed about it is, is your mindset. See, you got to the root of the problem. The root of the problem wasn't the, the work, the time, and all the negative things I listed off. The root of the problem all along was your mindset. This is the same thing with a diet, and it's also the same thing with church, with serving God. If you're just starting out, if you're getting back into it, or you're re- Dedicating. You're ready to stop going through the motions, stop seeing it as, a, as a, something you have to do, as a job, as a task, and start seeing it as something rewarding, uplifting, educational. You know, going to school is hard. Going to college, studying for a class. But you see the benefits of it as you gain the knowledge, as you're able to take that knowledge, that skill that you're learning and to be able to use it in your life. It's the same thing with the Word of God. We have all this knowledge, all this stuff we talk about week after week after week, but how many of us are actually putting it to use? When you walk through the doors, when you turn off this recording, does it stick with you? Are you using it or are you only about it in that moment? Because that's not going to work. You have to revisit it. You know, if there's a, a really good 
movie or a TV show. There's a lot of hype about it. There's a lot of buzz. It's things that we talk about with our friends. It's we, we think about it in the, in the off times because, you know, oh, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. That was so amazing. I mean, that was a, an amazing stunt. And we think about all these different things. We think about how it could have been done differently, how we would like the scene to play out in a different way. And we're talking, about, we're talking about fiction. We're talking about movies. We're talking about books. We're talking about things that don't matter. But yet it occupies so much of our time. We, we jump on trends. We see things that we want to dress like our, our favorite characters. We want to have the same kind of things that they had in our, our favorite movies. It consumes us. And these are things that don't matter. Imagine if we took the kind of passion that we have for these things like that. And we applied that to God. If we applied it to his word. If we took these things that we learned and applied it to our lives. How different our lives could be. How good of an example we could be. Really, truthfully, let me, you know, question yourself here. Are you applying God's word to your life? How many of us are walking in faith? When we pray to God, do we believe that he's going to do? And I know many of us don't. Because there's so much doubt, there's so much fear, and there is so much worry. How can there be so much fear, doubt, and worry if we have faith in a God that can take care of each and every situation that we allow Him to take care of? He created this world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the creator of heaven and earth that knows the beginning of the end, that knows each and every person here, that knows everything about them, that knows their hearts, is going to let us humans wipe out his creation? Well, see, we are but it's not what you think. It's not because of our gas cars. It's not because of viruses. It's not because of any of the things that we do. It's because of our sin. We let things get so bad one time that he had to flood the world. And he's already told us that he will have to do it again. Right there, that truth. If you believe, Word of God says that everything God says is the truth. God's going to have to bring out his bride. Jesus is going to have to come back for his bride, take us out of the way, and this world... will be destroyed and a new heaven and a new earth will come forth. So what are we worried about what we can do? What we are doing? 
We have God is going to handle all of that. But we have no faith. That, my friends, is the root of the problem. They would take all these trillions of dollars that they're throwing out and trying to fix all these things that's really not broken and go to the root of the problem. Revival. Teaching of God's true word. And not this sugar-coated, watered-down version that you get from the TV Mega church pastors, I'm talking about the actual, true, word for word, King James version of the word. I challenge you this week to look at yourselves, to start looking. Are you treating a symptom? Or are you looking at the root of the problem? God's got a solution, but we have to ask him to treat the right thing. And we have to ask and we have to believe. He's not going to do it without us doing our part. We all have a part to play in it.